Kayvon Thibodeau making more noise at the NFL Combine. Not always the best sort of noise, but we'll address him pulling out of the Combine early today and what the NFL Combine is really like from someone who went through it before. Plus, Oregon basketball has sealed its fate. It's not the fate we were hoping for, not the one we wanted, but it's the one that we've got. So, as always, we'll deal with it. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster, lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view. YouTube numbers going up and up. Love to see that every single day. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening to and or watching the show if you have not already. Nice comments. We love to see those. Those of you that have already done that, thank you. Always makes me feel good. And it's just good to know that you're enjoying the show because that's that's what we're on here to do, right? I prepare for the show. I want you to enjoy it. If you let me know, then I'll keep going. And if you want me to change course, you let me know that as well. So if you ever want a question answered here on the show or you want to send me a message, at Smalls underscore 55, you see that Twitter handle below here on uh, on YouTube. For those of you watching, at Locked on Ducks, both DMs wide open, or you can tweet with the hashtag AskLODpod. Today's episode of Locked on Ducks brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill. First, the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, here we are again, Duck fans. I'm going to be rooting for him in the NFL. I always root for every Oregon player. It's why I talk about guys who, you know, project as NFL prospects or, you know, uh, saw him run and do a bunch of drills at the Combine over the weekend. I'm not someone who sits down and watches it, but I follow along with, with the latest news and the results and all that sort of stuff. And we'll talk a lot about Thibodeau today. Then we'll get to Oregon basketball. We'll do the rest of the Ducks, the other five who got invited to the Combine tomorrow. So Kayvon Thibodeau was both impressive and fueled the continued speculation about his commitment to the game of football. He had a great quote about it, but the the, the the quotes being generated by other people in the media are not great for him right now as an NFL prospect. That's just kind of how it looks, right? If you go into the combine saying, I want to show people that I'm committed to and I love football, which he did. And then you pull out of the combine on Saturday because, uh, quote, because of how long the day was, it's not a great look. It's naturally going to fuel speculation. I don't think it really impacts his potential as a prospect in the NFL, as I've said, which I'll address again today here on the show. And there's a couple of reasons why. First of all, he ran a 458 40-yard dash. This guy is 6'4, 255 pounds. He's running a 458 40-yard dash. Can you imagine going into a tunnel and having him running at you like most of you? I would probably just die on the spot. Cool way to die though. It really would be. But anyway, as I uh Get away from my own mortality and back to the show. 458 40-yard dash. He had a 10-second split of 1.59 seconds, which I'm told is very fast. I won't lie. I didn't really know what that was either. But everything I read, yeah, it's very good. 
27 reps on the bench press. That was the most among edge players. But after that, he decided, you know, I'm I, I'm done for the day because he, you know, said it was uh, just just too long of a day. Didn't want to do it. And, and so the headlines are continuing to swirl. They're, they're all around him. And oh, my gosh, you come in with uh, commitment questions and all these rumors and reports about does he really love football? Is he really all in on it? And then you end the combine early for yourself. It it's not a great look. It it's not. I think that's a very fair thing to say. Perception, however, does not always match reality. So while these stories will continue to be written and read and reposted and all that sort of stuff, on the field is ultimately what matters the most, right? I, I think that's more indicative. And I'm not saying you should ignore off-field concerns if you're an NFL team looking to to take a player out of college, particularly a high first round draft pick. I'm not saying you should ignore that, right? Jameis Winston, Johnny football. Those are guys that come to mind off field issues translated to issues on the field as well. And they didn't pan out exactly how those teams thought that they might. I mean, Jameis was highly productive, but he didn't know which team was his when he threw the ball, which was just always, uh, always amusing. So now there's this this whole narrative about Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's only going to probably get worse for him after all of this. And he understands that. I think he's handling it pretty well. He's cool about it. He says, look, this is you know what people are going to say. There always has to be a narrative. People have to put content out, which is true, by the way. And this is an easy, these are easy dots to connect. Whether or not those dots are actually there is sort of a complicated question. I, I I argue, and I'll tell you why after I tell you that football might be over, we're talking about it anyway, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net, your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and beyond. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And March Madness, just a few weeks away. I am so excited. Even though Oregon probably isn't going to be in it, 68 teams are, and only one will prevail. Greatest sporting event on planet Earth. And guess what? You need to be thinking now about where you're going to put and run your brackets this year are you going for the usual or are you going for the best we've done our homework we're going with runyourpool.com along with standard brackets they offer game types like survivor or pick x they have options to edit scoring they offer more intel to make your picks all stuff you won't find at espn or cbs we believe in run your pool because we're running our brackets there ourselves there's no truer test than that if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on while you're there create your own pool for your friends and family, enter code Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. It's runyourpool.com slash locked on. For your chance to win a cash prize, we look forward to seeing and beating you there. So does the narrative match the reality for Kayvon Thibodeau? Not from what we've seen on the field, right, Duck fans? I mean, not based on the actual game tape. Now, I don't know where the rumors originally got started, I don't know if it's just a bunch of people who didn't watch a lot of West Coast football and the Pac-12 doesn't have great TV deals and they play at uh, times that are often way too late in the day. I mean, Pac-12 after dark is cool and fun at all, but you all realize that we as West Coast fans are the 
only ones staying up to watch those games. I lived in Oklahoma for a year and a half. Let me tell you, it's a struggle when you're a West Coast sports fan. So if you're not from that area of the country, you're not going to stay up to watch that many games late at night. So maybe it's a product of that. Maybe there were some legitimate rumors. I don't really know. Here's what I do know, and that's all I will ever talk about on the show. Things that I do know or can see and fully understand and talk about. Not going to be big into the the speculative uh, field here. Not what I'm about. So does the narrative fit reality? Not from what we saw, right? Because anytime Kayvon Thibodeau was on the field, we all knew it. I mean, we all knew when Thibodeau was playing or when he was off. Because you looked for him, not ju- or not just because you looked for him, on every single play, but because his impact was notable and offenses always knew where he was. They'd have to roll the pocket, chip with a running back or tight end, get the ball out quickly, throw away from him, try to neutralize him in whatever way they could. So everybody always knew when Kayvon Thibodeau was on the field. That's not a guy who struggles to have a motor when he is playing football. Just our, just my observation. I'm sure many of you share that as well. And if, by the way, if you want to push back on this take, you think there's some legitimacy, by all means, I mentioned the top of the show, you can get in touch with me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. But I imagine most of you Duck fans out there have the same feelings that I do. This guy's a game record. He's a drive staller. He was a one-man defense at several times this year. That's not a guy who struggles to get motivated to get up and play football. It's just not. So, I'm not buying it. And by the way, for all the talk about, you know, his his somewhat limited commitment or whatnot, did he really want to do this or that, yada, yada, yada. Yes, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. I'm sure some of you are as well. Nick Bosa, defensive end for the 49ers, could have fought through a core injury and instead in his final year of college football decided to opt out. He opted out. He said, you know what? I'm just going to focus on rehab and the NFL draft. Don't know if you've watched Nick Bosa play football. If you haven't, I'll give you a hint. He's really good because he has unique physical gifts, understands the game of football, and when he's on the field, he's a game wrecker. Kayvon Thibodeau, same sort of mold. And speaking of Nick Bosa, by the way, I would like to see KT go to the Jets with Robert Sala, who, when he was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco and had a lot of success, He had elite pass rushers. All great defenses have elite pass rushers, but he knows how to utilize them. He knows how to coach them up and fit them into his scheme, and that's what every defensive-minded coach wants in the first place. And he also had fellow product Eric Armstead, by the way, but Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, they had some dudes over there. So that's kind of what he's searching for, and I like that fit more than with Dan Campbell, who comes from the offensive side of the ball in Detroit. And though it would be cool, I will say, if you have Thibodeau on one side, Panay Sewell on the other, the number of people who will watch Detroit Lions games is suddenly going to increase in the Pacific Northwest region of the United States. So that would be cool. The Lions need defense. The Jets also need defense. I think he's a fit in either spot. But all this talk that that is continuing once again, but, oh, is he going to be good? Oh, he likes to take plays off. Oh, this, that, and the other thing. If you want to pass on him, go for it. He's 6'5", 255, required a double team, or there was a high percentage he was getting getting to the quarterback. Show me the number of guys who can do that. It's not a lot. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, that's basically it in this year's draft. 
maybe the other the other guy from Michigan whose name is is eluding me. So I think Thibodeau is going to be fine. I really do. And all this stuff, hey, if it makes him fall to a better team, I'm here for it. I really do think the Jets is the best spot, but boy, that <laughs> that Lions thing would be really fun. Thibodeau on it, you'd always be watching a duck if you watch the Lions game. That'd be that'd be uh, that would be pretty fun. Let's get to basketball. And I'll just be honest, because I told you when I started hosting the show, I'll always be honest with you, Duck fans. I'm not going to come on here and BS you. I'll give it to you as straight as I can. Oregon basketball had a really bad weekend. <laughs> it was just, it was terrible. That's me laughing through the pain. Women's basketball loses to the six-seeded Utes of Utah. Man, we got to stop playing Utah. Uh, in, in the semis, they were outscored 23-8 in the third quarter. Now, there was some bad officiating down the stretch. It was really bad. It was Pac-12 football level bad. But you can't go minus 15 in the most important quarter in a basketball game, right? The Warriors for years have been running teams out of the building or overcoming deficits in the third quarter. You go and make adjustments, come out, set the tone for the rest of the game. Most important quarter in a basketball game, the third. You can't go minus 15 in the third quarter and win. You just can't. And it looked like Oregon, after trailing early, was going to come back, go ahead, and they had chances late, couldn't make enough shots. And, you know, it's okay. Their project is a five seed. And once you get there, anything can happen in March. Here's a team that's not projected as a five seed. Dana Altman's crew, unfortunately. They ended the year. They needed a strong finish to get into the tournament as an at-large team. Instead, they lost six of their last eight with four blowout losses to the Washington schools, Cal and ASU. Cal ended up being kind of close. It wasn't. Washington, same thing. Um, two, two road losses last week. Thursday against Washington. 78-67 the final. They trailed by as many as 24. I actually didn't see a lot of that game. That was part of the reason I didn't talk about it on Friday, but I really wasn't planning to anyway because what happened in that game was also going to kind of depend, you know, uh, in terms of Oregon's situation on how, on how Saturday went. So once they lost the Washington game, I was thinking, man, I have a feeling Washington State isn't going to go very well, and perhaps we should talk about some other more positive things and then come back to basketball on Monday's show. Well, welcome to Monday's show. Plenty of basketball here. Not all great, but that's the way it goes. So after uh, trailing by as many as 24 against the Huskies, Oregon beat by 28 early in the season. I, earlier, it was like a month ago. I don't know how that happens. Don't don't ask me to try to explain it because I I don't know. Washington State... Lose by 20 points, give up 94. Um, <laughs> just a tough finish. Just a really tough finish to the year for the Ducks. And I'll tell you why it was so disappointing after I tell you that March Madness is coming up. And, and the experience of March Madness is glorious. Legends are born in March. George Mason, Oral Roberts, Florida Gulf Coast, Loyola Chicago. The list goes on and on. It goes on and on and on. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero posts sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose, right? It's all you. You are in control. The simple sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes, 
This is what Daily Fantasy is meant to be like. Make sure you check it out as March Madness approaches. Episode is also brought to you, as always, by Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Puffs, you're missing out. And you're really just missing out on a great snack and treat in general in Built Bar. So many amazing flavors. I mean, there are tons. There are just loads of great flavors. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, 17 grams of protein. That's what you want in, in a power bar. Puffs, by the way, have got some amazing flavors. Cinnamon and churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream cream pie. The regular ones, you got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. Literally all of them. You know me. I am a mint brownie guy. Head to built.com for 15% off. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. So Oregon basketball just stumbles down the stretch. And this game against Washington State, literally nothing went right. I mean, literally nothing. The only positive I saw throughout the course of the game that I was able to watch, Frank Kepnon continues to develop his offensive game. And down the road, that's going to be big time. Whether he's starting, if maybe Dante gets uh, an injury or if he's playing heavy minutes. And, you know, some days it's a Dante game. and Sometimes it's a Kepnon game inside. His baby hook over that left shoulder with the right hand, it looks really good. I mean, it looks phenomenal. He had some big buckets early to keep Oregon in the game for as long as they could, but the Cougars were 9 of 19 from beyond the arc in the first half. The Ducks were 1 of 7. When your opponent is making more threes in a half than you are attempting in that same half, I don't know what the analytical mavens would say, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say it's really hard to win and be competitive when that's the case. You go minus 24 from beyond the arc in a half. Not in a game, in a half. Not practice, a half. I had to throw that in there. Uh, The Cougars ended up 16 of 34 from beyond the arc, which is just insane. Uh, So you ended the game with fewer attempts than Washington State had made threes. Can't do that. You just you can't do that defensively if you're Oregon. I mean, it's the equivalent of allowing 10 or more yards per completion when you are only completing two passes beyond the sticks in an entire game. It's not going to end well. You can't keep up. It's just too difficult. You need some easy buckets. You need to be able to to put up the volume, and Oregon just wasn't able to, you know, and they ended up losing 94 to 74. For a Dana Altman team to allow 94 points is just strange. It's really strange. I've watched Oregon basketball for a long time, ever since Dana Altman got there. I remember the end of uh, the end of the Ernie Kent years, but I, I've seen Dana Altman teams. They're always good at the defensive end. And to watch a good Washington State team, not great, but a good, respectable Cougars team, even on the road, put up 94 points. It was it was just disheartening, you know. And the the only good news by the end of the game was uh, there there were guys on the court for the Ducks who almost never see the floor. That that was that was about the only positive <laughs> that I could find. I was looking for something because you, you gotta have you gotta find some positive, right? You gotta in some way be uplifting. It's the nature of being a sports fan. You're always trying to look on the bright side. You're always holding out hope. And on that note, Oregon could still get into the tournament. They were in this same spot 
three years ago, 2019, ended up getting to the Sweet 16. As I've said throughout this uh, throughout this season, and other guests who have come on the show agree with me, and basically everybody who you know sees the Ducks and the players they have does as well, this team could get to the Sweet 16 or even the Elite Eight. They have that sort of talent. They can play with anybody. They swept UCLA, should have swept USC, could have beaten Arizona down in the Zona Zoo. They could have done all of that, and they just haven't. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what to expect. I'm keeping the expectations low for the Pac-12 tournament. But back in 2019, I didn't think that Oregon team had it in them either. And Will Richardson was on that ball club, by the way. So he at least knows what it takes to be in that spot, to have that pressure of, oh, our season ends. We don't get, well, they'll, they'll go to the NIT most likely, but they don't get to go to the big dance unless they win the Pac-12 tournament. So Richardson knows. The other guys do not. And I just hope they come out and play with the sort of urgency that we didn't see against Washington or Washington State. And and Richardson, by the way, didn't play Saturday against the Cougars. I don't think it would have made a difference because he had not been playing very good basketball, especially by his standards. I mean, this is a two-time Pac-12 player of the week. He was our clear number one coming into the year. He's He's been bad down the stretch. There's no other way to put it. He has not been good. And that's a problem for the Ducks. Even when he's been good, Oregon hasn't been able to put it all together. But if the Ducks are going to make a run in the tournament, he has to be there. He 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 really, really does. And I hope he's able to come back healthy. It had to do with the, the cut he got above his eye. The trainers recommended before the game. He was a late scratch. So he was going to play late scratch. Trainer said it's probably best if he if he doesn't play here. And he ended up not suiting up against against the Cougars and the Ducks struggled. But they've been struggling with them, so there really just wasn't that much of a difference. And, you know, the silver lining there, maybe Will Richardson just needs some time off. Maybe he just needed some time off. Maybe he just needed to take a game off and have a few days in between outings and hopefully he comes back refurbished. And the Will Richardson that we know and that is capable of taking over a game and playing at a high level because that is what Oregon needs to get through this tournament. If Will Richardson doesn't play well, they've got no chance, none. Now the chances are, you know, still slim, even if he does play well, but if Richardson is going two of 10 in ball games, Oregon, I I can't see it happening. Ducks have to shoot the ball better. They have to defend the three better. They could win the tournament because it's March. Anything can happen in March. And so we shall hold out hope as we always do as fans. Like I said, it's nature being a fan, you just, you stay hopeful. You stay positive any way you can. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.